October 22 is a very significant day in the history of our beginnings. Good day, friends, and welcome to a special episode of the Avenue History Podcast. Actually, this is an awesome bonus episode of the Avenue History Podcast being brought to you because we have some awesome patrons who support this show. And I asked them, what do you guys want to see in 2021? They said, we would love to have a second episode every month. And I said, that is a lot of work. It's a lot of research. And I think one of them told me, you don't have to continue the storyline, right? So we just finished the Nazis part one, two, and three. You know, like you don't have to do the next episode. You don't have to do two of those episodes every month. Just do something else. And so I said, hey, why didn't I think of that like six and a half years ago when we started? Uh, so that's what this is. This is going to be a new bonus episode that comes out in the beginning, the first few weeks every month. It is not one of the numbered episodes. It's not part of season two. In fact, when we're done with season two, this these bonus episodes will become part of season three. But that's a whole other thing to talk about some other time. Right now, they're just bonus episodes. They will be coming out every single month because the patrons asked for it. And I try to give them whatever it is that they want. So these are going to be random thoughts in Adventist history. If you want to know a little bit more about James White or Ellen White, I mean, we're in World War II right now in Season 2. So, you know, we're way past that. But, you know, occasionally I come across something really interesting, something that would really work as a bonus episode. Or maybe there's something that I wanted to talk about in an episode about World War II that we just didn't have time to get to or it just it didn't really fit the the grand narrative that we're telling. It was too small of a story. I couldn't figure out like some larger point with it. Uh, this is a great place. This is a great depository for those kinds of stories. So these monthly bonus episodes, again, they're going to come out in the first few weeks every month. I'm not setting a date on when they're coming out. The, the season two episodes will still be coming out on the 22nd of every month as always, but I'm going to be a little bit more lax about these bonus episodes. So it lets me tell more Avenus history and does not overwork me, I guess, in preparing these episodes. So uh, another cool thing is if you're listening to this in your podcasting app, you can also watch this because we're going to be putting these bonus episodes and the season two episodes, by the way, on video. We're going to film them all. Now, in the past, the video used to just go to the patrons, but now it's going to be on a YouTube channel on Avenus History Podcast. So... Head over there if you, for some reason, want to see me. I'm going to do a better job in the future of putting like pictures of things that I'm talking about up there and uh, doing a better job with show notes and things like that. So I'm really excited about this. Can't wait to dive in, which is what we're going to do right now to this bonus episode called The White Hound. I've said that Seventh-day Adventism is really a coalition of Adventist tribes that Ellen White managed to hold them all together during her lifetime, but since she died, spoiler alert, we have seen these tribes drift a bit as Adventism ages. Now, one of these tribes is represented by the medical work of the church, and who represented the medical work of the church more than John Harvey Kellogg? Nobody. That's who. Now, Kellogg is generally seen as something like of a villainous genius in Adventist circles today. I mean, he's He's too egotistical, too unorthodox, too controlling. Maybe he had a lot of good ideas, but he just couldn't be tamed or turned into a team player. 
Now, just set the man aside for a moment and consider the plate tectonics of Adventist institutions. The standard apocalyptic Adventist model was really focused on getting ready for Jesus' soon return. Time was short, so we need to emphasize true belief, character, frugality, and aggressive evangelism. Yeah! We pay our pastors and our other workers enough to live on, but not much more because, hey guys, Jesus is coming soon. We all need to sacrifice and spread every dollar. To the extent that we build structures, eh, four white walls is largely good enough. We don't expect to be using this church very long because Jesus is coming, in case you haven't heard. It's about planting seeds. It's about moving fast. There's a lot of work to be done. So let's spread ourselves thin. We don't have time to send people to, you know, get advanced degrees and all that stuff. We just need all hands on deck. Now, medical work has a different inherent culture, right? The bigger and nicer the sanitarium building, the more patients you can attract, which is what you want to do. These buildings accrue massive amounts of debt to build. And what matters isn't saving the souls of your patients, but healing their mind and body. When it comes to practicing medicine, we don't just want willing hands. We need people who, I don't know, are trained and have degrees. At an Adventist church, you can expect to find visitors who are curious about Adventist beliefs, right? They show up knowing kind of what they're getting into. At an Adventist hospital, you just find atheists and Muslims and Baptists and whoever, right? So there's differences between the ministry side, the the pastoral side of Adventism, and the medical side of Adventism. And what I'm saying is that the the earthquake between church leaders and Kellogg was not entirely about clashing personalities or visions for the church. It was definitely that. But the reality is that Kellogg stood on one tectonic plate and church leaders stood on another tectonic plate and that these plates are destined to rub up against each other from time to time because the medical and apocalyptic parts of Adventism naturally tend to emphasize competing values. Now, Kellogg illustrates this point at a meeting he attended in the early 1940s. He was telling the long, 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 long tale of his involvement with the church medical work, and he mentioned a little story that I believe very few Adventists have ever heard before. It's not a groundbreaking story. It doesn't change everything you know, but I think it illustrates what I'm trying to say here pretty well. Okay, so Kellogg tells a story from sometime in the early 1870s, probably 1872. The sanitarium is growing. It's a Sunday in late spring in Michigan, so the weather is just finally warming up. James White shows up at the sanitarium on a Sunday morning and preaches a sermon about Saturday being the Sabbath. But he did it in a way Kellogg recalls, and I quote in Kellogg here, held the Sunday keepers up to ridicule in a way that offended them very much, end quote. Now, James White left. And the patients began to ask Kellogg, like, who was that dude? And is he going to come back every Sunday? Kellogg always appreciated James White because James White was firm on the health message and supported him. So Kellogg told the patients that, hey, you know, don't judge him from one sermon. You really ought to get to know James White. He's a good guy. Well, James White comes back, this time with tracks, and he passes them out to the patients because James wants to make good Adventists out of all of the patients at the sanitarium. Well, one of the patients was a Presbyterian pastor, and this handing out of tracks offends him. So he had some Presbyterian tracks mailed to him, and he began to pass those out to the patients. When James White found out, that this Presbyterian pastor was was handing out these tracts, he grew even more offended and wanted to confront the patients who were doing this. So 
One lady in particular strongly believed in Sunday and the sanctity of Sunday, and James White, in Kellogg's words, quote, wanted to see that woman and tell her what he thought of her. Now, Kellogg goes on, and I quote again, I kept her out of sight because he was not likely to give any complimentary things away. And for some time, I had quite a battle on my hands because he thought they ought to be sent home because they were fighting the Sabbath. And it was not the right thing to allow them there. And I had quite a time to get the thing quieted down. Now, you can surely understand James White's position. Good hardworking, frugal Adventists are sacrificing what little income they have in order to fund this Adventist sanitarium. And they aren't sending that money in order to see a Presbyterian pastor try to convert the patients to Presbyterianism. Okay, it's an Adventist sanitarium and it should exude an Adventist influence, right? Well, when summer came, that was camp meeting season, and James White went off to make his regular tour of camp meetings. And that gave some of these patients a chance to escape. They went home. I just picture them like pulling the IVs out. I know they didn't have that, but pulling the IVs out and, and like with their gown and trying to sneak out the windows, right? They didn't want to be preached to and told why it was wrong to keep Sunday. That's not why they came to the sanitarium. It's not a, it's not a church. It's a hospital. They just wanted to learn how to live better. And in the end, James White didn't come back to hound them. I mean, after all, he moved to California that winter and that was that. Now, eventually, Ellen White stepped in with a letter that helped try to solve this for the sanitarium staff. And I don't know if this letter exists. And Kellogg is recounting this story about 70 years after the fact. So I wouldn't quote these as the exact authoritative words of Ellen White, okay? But there's no reason to doubt the basic authenticity of this letter, or at least Kellogg's summary of it. According to Kellogg, Ellen White wrote, quote, These patients are not accustomed to contact with your religious beliefs, and you must be careful in your prayer meetings, in your testimonies, and in your prayers. You must be careful now not to use terms that they will not understand, but let them get acquainted with you. And if they inquire and want to know something about your religious faith, then tell them. But don't press it upon them. Don't talk to them about it until they inquire for information. Let them become interested by their contact with you in your daily life. And when they have enough confidence to ask you for explanations, give it to them. What Ellen White realized was that the medical work needed to operate on different principles than the normal evangelistic work of the church. We can't assault our patients with our spirituality. Rather, just live your life. And if they want to know more about what you believe, tell them. I think there's a lot of wisdom in what Ellen White said here, and her words do seem perfectly tailored for our secular age, okay? Uh, don't use insider language. Build relationships with people. Do things that build their confidence in you first, and then, and then, when they open up about spiritual things, you can let them know what you believe and why. This is really one of the things I enjoy about studying Adventist history. Sometimes you, you find these tools that you just kind of dust off and you realize, hey, this tool is like really old, but it's actually really helpful. And I didn't even know they made things like these. And this is actually really helpful in the way that I live my life right now. You find those things in Adventist history and you go and you take that tool and you put it in your toolbox. 
And by the way, Ellen White's counsel seemed to have worked. Kellogg told the story also of an atheist who was a patient at the sanitarium around that time and who had become friends with an Adventist elder. After a while, the Adventist elder invited the atheist to join the church, and this is what the atheist said. Quote, I have been watching a man in Albion, talking about Michigan, a preacher who is my next-door neighbor, and I have been watching him for a good many years. I have made up my mind that it doesn't make much difference what your belief is, but what you are. So I have made up my mind that a religion that is good enough for him is good enough for me. And a religion that will give a man that kind of life is the kind of religion I want. So I am going to join his church." End quote. No doubt James White's direct, aggressive approach won many people to the Adventist faith. Accounts of his preaching and his baptisms that resulted from his preaching, they filled Adventist newspapers, which he was also the editor of, and delighted camp-meeting crowds. But that isn't the only way to do it, and it isn't the best way in every circumstance. Ellen White saw that. John Kellogg saw that. And the sanitarium wasn't the place to shove it down people's throats. Sometimes it's better to go on living your life because you never know who is watching. Well, thank you for watching and for listening. And I'll see you in a few weeks with Season 2, Episode 26, where we're going to dive a little deeper into World War II. Take care of yourself and stay safe out there.